The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpowers of the Soul with Tonya Dawn Rackler and the Superpower Experts. Blessings, everyone, and welcome back to Superpowers of the Soul. This is Amorakai, and I am truly delighted to be your host today. And I invite you to take a nice, deep, centering breath as we tune in here together and enjoy what I sense and feel is going to be an incredibly rich and inspiring and fun conversation about perspective and performance with our fantastic guest today, John Guyton. John is a leading motivational speaker on the connection between mindset and performance. He's also a coach, entrepreneur, and the author of Why the Race Card Has Expired, Four Steps to Overcome Victim Mentality, a book he wrote to help people shift their perspective and overcome their limiting beliefs about race. And while acknowledging that everyone has hardships, John knows it's how you respond to those things that makes the biggest difference. With more than 20 years of experience, John has helped thousands of people consistently increase performance without the stress that usually comes with it. He has a unique gift. He has a unique gift of inspiring and motivating people to take immediate action, as I'm sure you'll see his passionate, loving, generous nature just pours right out of him. I'm so excited that he's here. So let's get him on. John, welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this conversation about perspective and performance with you today. I, I've actually got my notebook out. I think I'll take some notes. But hey, before that's, <laughs> that's the goal. Laugh, cry, take notes. That's my that's the trifecta right there. Oh, I love it. Laugh, cry, take notes. All right. That's gonna go up on a wall somewhere. Listen, before we dive in, uh, and it is going to be very rich, so all of you listening, you know, all joking aside, I do encourage you to pull out a notebook. I do encourage you to take down the gold nuggets that are absolutely going to be dropped here for you today. But John, let's just let everybody get to know you a little bit first. Let me ask you our favorite question around here, and that is, what is your superpower of the soul and how are you using it for good right now? Ah, oh, wow. I love this question. I think... I'd have to say my superpower is helping people tell their story or helping people with their voice. Mm. I, I think that uh, that's my thing, you know, and, and it's kind of ironic because that's the one thing that I didn't have growing up. When I was younger, I had a severe stutter. Not many people know this, but I had a severe stutter when I was younger and I couldn't speak. I could barely get two words together without stuttering. And mm. I turned my biggest weakness into my biggest strength. And now I'm helping folks think about and see the world a little bit differently because if you can it's all about how you see what you're looking at oh i can't wait to hear this story i love that you turned your biggest weakness into your superpower and not just for yourself but now you have this gift that you get to share with others and help them do the same thing i love that superpower Okay. I can't wait to hear more of this story. You know, I'm going to have to ask how all that came to be. You know, I, I just want to get into it without interruption. So I tell you what, we're just going to go ahead right now. We're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, everybody, I know you're dying to hear at the same time as I am, like, how did that unfold? What happened in your life? How did you do that? I want to do that too. So before we take our break, John, 
just tell us where's the best place for people to go to connect with you and to find out more about you and all you're up to in the world. Absolutely. So they can go to my website, johnguiden.com. That's J-O-H-N-G-U-Y-D-O-N.com. That's that starts everything, right? Access to video, <laughs> to me, speaking engagements, all that stuff. The book, you you name it, it starts at my website. Okay, fantastic. That is the place to go, folks. Wonderful. All right, everyone, you are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network, and we're going to be right back to get deep into perspective and performance and hear his story with John Guyton in just a moment. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amora Kai. And if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with John Guyton about perspective and performance. And so, John, just before the break, you were talking about your superpower of the soul and how you're putting it to good use right now. And you mentioned that it is really about helping people find their voice. And it was so ironic because you, as a younger version of yourself, really didn't have it and to the point where you you said you had a stutter and not many people knew that. And so now here you are, this motivational speaker, helping others find their voice. Tell me about that journey. What happened? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Let's break down what we know. So <laughs> when, uh, when I was when I was six years old, I mm-hmm. my my granny had uh, had passed. My dad's mom had passed away, and I remember, and I didn't stutter at that point. And I remember mm-hmm. I was in the limo, and I was asking my great auntie. I said, "Are, are you going to be my grandma now?" And that was the last sentence for years that I spoke without stuttering. I don't know what it was, and that was that was the that was the moment. After mm-hmm. that, I started to develop this stutter. <laughs> And it got progressively worse and worse. And by my seventh birthday, it was so bad I could barely string two words together without stuttering. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I went into speech therapy and I had some really awesome speech pathologists, PhD folks, you know, going and going through things with me and all that. And so I get out of class early and I go to speech therapy and I did this for years. Zero progress. Fast forward to my 10th birthday party. Now, when you know about me, you know that I love pools. I love <laughs> swim and all this, right? And so my 10th birthday party, I said, you know what? I want to have a pool party. So I invited the kids over, we had a pool party, and we started playing Marco Polo. Mm. And I'm 10 years old, and it's my turn to be it. And I'm in the pool, my own birthday party, and I start to stutter. Marco and the kids, they did what kids do. Polo. And I'm in this pool. I'm in this pool and I'm got my eyes closed and I'm, I did what any self-respecting 10 year old would do. I, you know, I, I threw a fit. I cried. I got out of the pool. You know, it's my party. I can cry if I want to type situation. <laughs> right. And that was it. I, I went back mm-hmm. to school. When I went back to school, I went to speech therapy and I said, you got to help me. Like, I can't live like this. You have to help me fix this. And they sat down next to me, put their arm around me and said, John, it's very likely that you're going to stutter for the rest of your life. And we are here to give you the support and the tools to make it better. We can definitely make improvements, but we just want you to stay positive. And I just said, no, <laughs> I quit. I quit. <laughs> that was it. I never told them, 
I literally told them I'm never coming back. And they thought, oh, John, you know, come on, you're upset. And I said, no, I'm never coming back. You'll never see me again. And I made good on my word. Mm-hmm. I, came home, I came home, I told my dad what I did. And <laughs> my dad, he goes, well, you better figure out what you're going to do. That's what he said. <laughs> figure out what you're going to do. And that's it. He walked away mm-hmm. and I thought, so here I am, 10 years old, severe stutter, super depressed about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking myself, what can I do? And it was a very powerful question because mm-hmm. when you, if you want powerful answers, you got to ask a powerful question. And so that was a very powerful question. What can I do and not stutter? And I had mm-hmm. three answers at the time. Number one, I, if I sang or rapped, I didn't stutter. So I'd walk around the house making up songs. Can I have a sandwich? Who drank all the Kool-Aid? Roger, stop bothering me. That was my brother. I mean, <laughs> just making up classic hits around the house. And so I did that religiously. The second well. thing. The second thing that I recognized I could do is when I rap, uh, when I would mimic the nightly news anchor, I didn't stutter. So I thought, okay, if I have to talk like a news anchor for the rest of my life, it's better than this. So let's do that. So every night I would record the news. I would take it in my room. This is back in the days of VHS. I'd pop it in and I would copy them. It would mm-hmm. literally, a house fire killed seven of Pacoima County. James has the story, James. I mean, literally every single night. Wow. Then, then the third thing I recognized that I could do was visualize. And so at 10 years old, I would grab any book that I could get my hands on. And when I would read it, I would imagine myself on stage. My voice was amazing. My, my, my intonation, my inflection, everything was great. And everybody loved to hear me speak. And it was so motivating. And so, and I thought, you know what that is? So I just kept doing that over and over again. Those three things, I did those things religiously for almost a year before I started to see progress. And I remember it Oh, like it was yesterday, my very first sentence again that I did without stuttering. And now, you know what, it's four years now. And then I started to make more progress and more progress and more progress. And sooner or later, I was able to speak freely. That is incredible for so many different reasons. But first of all, the thing that I'm hearing is you made a decision. Like you just made a decision. You cut yourself off from any other possibility and life kind of had to catch up with you and your decision. Like it happened in that moment at 10 years old. How bold, how brilliant. And then to have the tenacity of that level of consistency over years at that age, bowing deeply to you. Wow. Well, thanks. I think, you know, I think you at that age or at least at that mindset, I was, it was really out of necessity because I thought to myself, there's no way I'm going to live like this. So I need to change (laughs) my state. I need to change my situation. Mm -hmm. And so I just started looking at all the different alternatives. Like what else can there be? It's not just going to be what I've been doing because what I've been doing hasn't been working. So that was, Mm. uh, that was definitely some motivation for me. So now it's funny. People talk about in any project around storytelling, whether it's TV production, whether it's speaking or writing for somebody else or, or helping somebody with their pitch, they're like, why are you so passionate about this? What do you? And I said, I don't think there's a human being on the planet that appreciates the spoken word more than I do, or appreciates mm. the ability to communicate more than I do. I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that. Mm. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. So one of the things I, I love about your work and some of the things that you're known for, and I'm wondering if there's any nuggets here from your earlier experience, but 
you help people consistently increase performance without the stress that usually comes with it, as you say. I mean, when I first read that, I was like, oh, sign me up. How do you do that? That sounds like a unicorn I'd like to ride. And so talk to me a little bit about that. Well, the start, it all starts and ends with us. Uh, a mm. lot of folks, they look, to, they look to the outside to explain what's going on in their situation. So a sales professional could talk about the quota and they raise the quota and we have the same amount of time and this and that. Or somebody could be talking about their advancements or lack thereof in the, in the workplace. I didn't get the job, I didn't get the promotion. Or an entrepreneur that wants to increase sales, but they can't increase budget and they've got to figure these things out. And mm -hmm. it's really not about what they're looking to do. It's about what they're attributing to why they're not doing it. And this makes way to what we call the performance gap. It's the, it's the, it's the connection between, it's the delta between what you know you should do and mm -hmm. what you actually do. And we all deal with this. We all struggle with this. Mm -hmm. Inherently, everybody knows how to lose weight, right? You know how to, it's like, oh, well, you exercise and eat healthy foods and this, that, and the other. But then, but then we don't do it. There's a performance gap. So we start with, them with their limiting beliefs. Because at the end of the day, you know, there was a study years ago that they did. And I got this from, I want to give credit where credit is due. I got this from a book called The One Thing. And mm -hmm. there was a study where they did, and it was, a, it was a weight loss study where they had hundreds of people and they wanted to figure out the difference between the people that were able to successfully achieve their weight loss goals and the people that weren't. And the one overwhelming factor when all those people, the one overwhelming factor, the difference was belief. It oh, started wow. with them believing that they could do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so again, perspective, if, if, if your mindset isn't right, mm -hmm. if your mindset isn't right, you're literally going to see things differently. And when you mm -hmm. see things differently, your options change. When your options change, your actions change. And when your actions change, your outcomes change for better mm -hmm. or for worse. Mm -hmm. So a long, long way of saying, hey, we start and end with you, with your mindset, how you're mm -hmm. looking at this and clear away what's, what's holding you back. I love that. And it's so true. We see it everywhere. The thing about the beliefs, whether you have limiting beliefs or, or not, if you have no belief, which is sort of what you're referencing with the weight loss study, when you, when you don't believe you could actually do something, you may want it, you may desire it, you may fantasize it, you may dream about it, you know, you may tech take a few steps towards it. But if you don't really believe that it's possible for you, following up right close behind is kind of this like, eh, why bother? It's not going to happen anyway. So why, why bother? Why try so hard? Why stay consistent? Why that power of belief seems to be the, the jet fuel between that gap. I mean, I think about you as that kid, like the, uh, the level of belief you must have had in the possibility in that there was no other possibility. You didn't want to live a different way. You wanted this. And so that drive, that belief that it was possible for you and that you were going to figure it out and you saying no to those doctors, I mean, that is so powerful. I can't think of anything more powerful. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you got it. It starts with you. No, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, really, it's really fascinating how that works, how things work. I have a good, a good friend that was successful in every way you can possibly imagine, except for his health. He wasn't working out. He wasn't 
He wasn't exercising. He wasn't eating right. And so here he is making a ton of money. He's got a great family, great wife, couple of kids. I mean, he's really living the American dream if, that, if that's how he drum, dreamed it up, except for mm-hmm. him. And I'm right. like, and so here, me as a motivator, I'm like, okay, I got this, you know? So I call him up. I'm like, Kyle, I'm like, Kyle you know, I'm talking to him and everything like that. And by the way, He's got a new house being built with a gym in the basement. I'm like, oh, you're a golden man. Da, 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 right. And we're talking and talking a couple weeks later. Hey, how's it going? And no change. So I'm like, right. okay. So I turn it up. I'm like, okay, cool. You like next level. You know what I'm saying? You really gonna make it cool. So we do that. And I'm talking to him, motivating him and everything like that. And he says, a couple weeks later, hey man, how's it going? It's not going. And so now mm-hmm. my negative self-talk starts to kick in like, brother, you are a motivational speaker and you can't motivate your good friend to go in his basement and do, and take a couple of steps. Like you are that you are bad at this. And I (laughs) sat with that for a second and I'm like, Oh, I am not, I am not implementing my own strategy. If we want a powerful answer for Kyle, Mm -hmm. we got to ask a powerful question. Wait a minute. That's what's missing. And so I sat with that and I said, what's the most powerful question I can ask Kyle? And then I came up with, I said, I got it, called him. I said, Kyle, I got a question for you. But before I ask you the question, I want to set the stage. I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine that your kids and he, his kids are young. I said, imagine your kids are graduating from high school. And I said, can you see it? And he goes, oh yeah, that's crazy. And I said, great. Now I want you to imagine your kids graduating from college. Can you see it? Where are you? He said, oh yeah, I can see it. And I said, okay, now your kids are graduating from high school and college. Now I want you to imagine that and he has boys. I said, imagine that these boys are married and now they have kids of their own. Okay. So they've graduated high school, graduated college, married, have kids of their own. I said, here's my question, Kyle. When your kids have kids, do you want to be a grandpa or a memory? Oh. And he, uh, and then he hung up on me. He said, I got to <laughs> Wow. Young up. He said, I got to call you back. And he called, he took yeah. him two weeks to call me back. Wow. But he didn't call back with, he didn't call back with words. Yeah. Back with actions. He actually he hit me back. Uh, we're playing phone tag. <laughs> he actually sent me a video and it's him sweating profusely in this, in the, in the basement as he's walking. He's like, he's getting his steps in. He's starting to do mm. his thing. And the, the last thing he said is, was, he goes, man, I appreciate the question. I didn't, I appreciate the question. I didn't like the question, but I appreciated the question. I yeah. said, I'm going to be a grandpa. Boom. Oh, oh, tears. I love that. Oh, it's so true. Oh, there's a great, um, oh, I'm not going to remember it right now. But anyway, there's this beautiful sort of commercial. I don't even know where I saw it years ago. And you see this older gentleman, like just working out so profusely and it's so hard for him and he's so elderly and you don't really understand why. And then it cuts to the moment he's been working out for, which is essentially to do something like lift his granddaughter up to put the star on the tree or something like that at Christmas. It was just so heart-wrenching and heartwarming. And I feel that same vibe here. Brilliant. So, okay. So the power of the question, yes, got it. You know, circling back to the title of your book, that title references four steps to overcoming victim mentality. You want to talk about what those are? Ooh, do I want to talk about what those steps are? That's a good. That's a good question. Look, I first of all, I will say that uh, the why the race card has expired. Mm-hmm. I had some really specific goals with the book and then the accompanying TED talk. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to kind of kick the hornet's nest a little bit. I wanted you to read that title and go and kind of maybe cross your arms and go, what is this guy going to talk about? <laughs> What's he going to say? Right. And then mm-hmm. in the first 30 seconds of my TED talk, you go, ah, <laughs> I'm in. And you, and you listen the whole time. <laughs> and then I wanted you, even if you aren't black, I wanted you to mm-hmm. be able to apply what this is to your life, whether you're a woman or you're some sort of, it doesn't, if you, if you can claim membership in any group to which you didn't have to, you didn't have to apply. You just were born that way, right? An immutable mm-hmm. trait is what some fancy folks would say. If you if you <laughs> are in any group like that, and you can attribute those things, I want you to be able to. I want you to be able to kind of work through that. So, um, the four steps. The first step starts with remove race from the equation, right? So it usually starts with a situation that says, a situation that says. Uh, you know, I didn't get the job because I'm black or I didn't, I'm not being accepted here because I'm black or whatever. I didn't get the loan because I'm black, you know, whatever the case may be, something like mm-hmm. that. And so the first thing is, even if it, even if it feels overwhelmingly true, just remove it from the equation. Like take that sentence and just remove race. That's step one, remove race mm-hmm. or insert race for your thing. It, you know, remove sex, remove sexual orientation, remove whatever. Yeah. And the second step is to add data. And what you're doing here is you're making a list of all the other plausible explanations instead of race, right? Anything else. It's like, I didn't get the job because, okay, what could that be? Because I'm not qualified enough, because I don't have enough experience, because I really tanked the interview, because I was late to the interview. Because, I mean, there's all <laughs> yeah. these different things that, that, that could be the case, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or that... Or they didn't get the job because they hired within, because right there's all these different, just make a list, huge list. So that just kind of gets your brain thinking about all the other things. And what I love is a lot of those things are things that you control. The immutable trait, you don't control. You don't control that you're a man or a woman, or you don't control that you were born here or born there. You don't control if you're born with a silver spoon or a wooden spoon and a splinter. You can't control those things, <laughs> but you can control these these other plausible explanations, or at least the vast majority of them. So that's step two is add data. Step three is ask a question. And the question is, what can I do to improve my results? Because whatever happened, you didn't like, I didn't get the job. Okay. What can I do to improve my results? Where do you get that answer? The data you just found. Mm -hmm. And then step four, take action. Take action. Now, I say in my talk and in the book, but I say in my talk, I said, you may get a list of all these plausible explanations and you still may come to the conclusion, you know, something ain't right here. Like this is, this really is racism or this really is sexism or this really is. You still want to move to step three because it's for you. It's not for them. Mm -hmm. You still want to move to step four because it's for you, not for them. Mm. I love it. It's so much more powerful, isn't it, to own the control you do have instead of focusing all your time on the control you don't have. And as such, mm-hmm. you are empowered to move forward. You are. I just love the framework you've come up with of that. It's so simple. It's so actionable. So accessible. It's brilliant. Safe. Yeah. It saved so many different scenarios in my life, right? I mean, scenarios that mm. not only would have impacted me. But it would have yeah. impacted a lot of other, a lot of the, 
a lot of other folks as well. I mean, I, this is, there's a, I talk about in the, in the, in the TED talk, I talk about this first class flight that I took and the almost, it could have almost been a, a PR catastrophe that didn't have to happen. Had I not <laughs> gone through the steps. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that talk. All right, everybody. <laughs> I assume we can access that through your website. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. Okay. Excellent. JohnGuiden.com. I'm on my way after this recording. So let's circle back a little bit to, you know, you're all about perspective and performance, right? And we talked about limiting beliefs. We talked about uh, the power of perspective as, as one of the biggest blocks, of course, to, to what anybody is facing at any time. But you also talk about increasing performance without stress. Like what are some of the other blocks that you commonly see in people? There are six keys. Uh, one of it, I mean, obviously mindset is the first key. So I have this master mm-hmm. framework that I go through, right? And the first one is mindset. Okay. So negative self-talk is one and I've given it a persona, right? The, it's not only okay. the limiting beliefs, but you know that type of thing. And that really is number one. Number two is action. And so the block is people won't take an action because <laughs> And they put a bunch of stuff in front of it, right? They say, look, I, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of that. My mm-hmm. wife, and I, I, I have this phrase that's titled, write a bad book. And <laughs> it comes from, so my wife years ago, she came to me and she said, hey, I want to write a children's book. And this is when we had, we have three kids now. This is when the kids were, were going through the whole potty training thing and, and all this. And mm-hmm. so she's like, I got this great idea. I want to write this book. And it's a potty book and all this. And I said, great. And I actually recorded, I actually made a song, a, a potty song to go with it. Cause my frustration was they go to the bathroom and they leave the door open. I'm like, what are you doing? Close the door. <laughs> so I made a, I made a song. Uh, maybe if I'm, if I'm talking to it, maybe I'll sing it later. So I, so I went to my wife and, and I said, this is awesome. I want you to write this book. Cause you know, I want to, I want to support you. And she kept saying, well, no, I got to get my illustration figured out and I got to do this and do that. And I said, okay. I was on a flight coming back from a talk and I happened to be sitting next to Steven, this guy, he was a cartoonist. I'm like, Steven, this is so serendipitous. I, I, my wife, and I told him the whole story, boom, made the connection, connected them. I said, well, isn't this great news? She said, oh yeah. A couple weeks later, nothing, no book, no, not even a, a word written on a page. I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, you know, I got to do this. She starts talking about publishing and this and that and all this. And I said, okay, I know what's going on now. I have a new challenge for you. So what is it? I said, I want you to write a bad book. So what do you mean? I said, <laughs> it's a children's book, right? So I look, I, I said, uh, our son has swim lessons. And I said, it's a 30 minute swim lesson. So my challenge for you is in that 30 minutes, I want you to write a bad book. I want you to literally complete the book, make it, make it a bad book, write it. And she says, I can do that. And she did. <laughs> she came home and she wrote a bad book. And then something amazing happened. She started improving it editing the book, rewriting mm. it, rewriting it, rewriting it. And after tons of different edits and a couple of months later, she still has a bad book, <laughs> but, it's com- but it's complete. It's published. It's called Oops, Don't Poop There. And now you can get it, right? Now other parents can be, right? Her, her creation is out in the world because she, right. she did that. And she yeah. helped me define the new definition of bad. Bad stands for before any delays. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I can't wait to share that with my family. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So that's, that's action, you know, so there's, yeah. there's, 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 there's mindset, there's action. The S stands for strategy. And mm. there are so many folks that want to do a thing, but haven't taken the time to develop a strategy, even a high level strategy of how they're going to do that. And mm. one of the quickest and easiest ones is, is called goal setting to the now. It's like those, uh, you ever see those, those uh, Russian uh, Matryoshka dolls? It's like, well, one doll's inside of the other, inside sure, of the yeah. other, inside yeah. of the other. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like you have a someday goal. Well, ask yourself, what will you have to do in the next five years to be on track for that? And then based on your five-year goal, what's the one thing you have to do this year to be on track for that? And based on your one-year goal, what's something you have to do this month? And based on your one-month goal, what's something you have to do this week? And keep going. Based on your mm-hmm. based on this week's goal, what's one thing you have to do today? And then based on today's goal, what's the one thing you have to do right now? Anyways, that's a that's mm. a strategy. Yeah. So, you know, we get into it and then tease for time. And it's mm-hmm. simple. Respect your time like you respect your money. We can get into it deeper, but that's really what it's about. The, mm. the E is for environment. Now, this is a big one. The environment, your environment must support your goals. So this is a big block that I see all the time. And I tell people, mm. your, the, the rule is your environment must support your goals. And if, you, and if they don't, you need a new environment. But what is environment? Think of environment like four tires on a car. One tire is people. These are the people you spend time with. The second tire is places. The third tire is mind. What are you listening to? What podcasts are you listening to? What, mm-hmm. what, books, what books are you reading? What literally, what shows, what music, all the things, all the inputs into your brain and your self-talk. What are all the things that you're, that, that you're allowing into your soul? That's three. And then four is body. How much sleep do you get? How much water do you drink? How often do you exercise? Those are, that's your environment. Those four things. So your environment must support your goal. And the R, my favorite, is resourcefulness. And it's about what you do with what you have. John, I adore you. You ask a question about blocks and you get the keys to move forward. Like that is the answer. I love that. I appreciate it so much. So much. It's so fabulous. I have a question about your speaking career. You know, I, you probably know that public speaking is, is commonly listed as the number one greatest fear of most people. Did you know that? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty common knowledge, right? How did you get into it? And did you ever have fear around it that you had to overcome? Or were you just one of those unicorns where you loved it? And maybe that's a result of your earlier experience of, of having such a different appreciation of being able to speak, which I could understand. But what was your experience getting into public speaking? My experience getting into public speaking actually started in the entrepreneurship world. I, I went, I was part of the number one startup accelerator in the world, Techstars. Shout out to Techstars. Great folks. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and the culmination of this program, it's a three-month intensive accelerated program. You get a ton of mentorship, but the, the culmination is what they call Demo Day. And this Demo Day was downtown Boulder, 800 to 900 investors and community members and people in the community. I mean, it was just jam-packed and it's this whole thing. And you had three to five minutes to present your entire business in a compelling way. And the goal was to gain the favor of investors and the community, right? Like you wanted mm-hmm. investors to see that and go, oh yeah, this is this. And so, th- you know, this is it. So I get up there and I, I worked 
I worked really hard to make sure that I crafted a story that made sense. Now, did I get nervous and all that? Of course. My dad, when I was, when I was young, I played football and I played football through college. And when I was six, I was playing you know, my very first year. Of course, I was nervous. He said, he said, son, feeling excited and feeling nervous feels the same in the tummy. And I never forgot that. And so I've always <laughs> been able to attribute that and go, ooh, I got those feelings. Like I've got those butterflies perspective, right? I've got those feelings. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. This is normal. I'm human. This is normal. I'm supposed to have these feelings. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I welcome them. So anyway, I get up on stage and I'm not going to lie to you. I, cr- I crushed it. <laughs> I crushed <laughs> it, right? And, and, uh, and afterwards, and this has never happened before, but afterwards, one of the investors, a pretty prominent investor by the name of Brad Feld, he gets on stage. It wasn't supposed to happen. He gets on stage and he says, hey, that was incredible. My partners and I were talking and we're going to go ahead and invest in these guys and da, da, da. And everybody just goes crazy. It was like, a, you couldn't write this scene in a movie ba- any better. And Aww. so after that, people started coming to me and saying, hey, can you help me with my pitch? And this and that, of course I can. After that um. pitch, I got invited to Necker Island and spent uh, mm. an amazing week on Richard Branson's private island with uh, some of the most amazing entrepreneurs ever. And it just became this, this snowball effect. And so people started asking me to speak and I'd go, I'd go do my thing. And then they would, then other people would ask me to speak. And I was like, wait a minute, I think this actually is a business. Like I think people actually get paid to do this. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I made the decision I looked, I did some research and some people, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I've talked to some speakers and they say, you know, you need to, you got to speak for free thousands of times. And then you got to, and then you got to start charging a few hundred bucks and then you got to do this. And I took a look at the picture and I go, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that's how it has to be. I'm a product first guy and I'm going to develop the best product there is so that when somebody wants to hire me to speak, we can just jump straight to the premium fees. We can just jump straight to that. I'm going to make my speaking reel so compelling. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And that's what I did. And wow. it worked. Wow. I adore you. I really do. You're just fantastic. It's so inspiring, honey. It really is. I love these stories. And especially with you. I mean, I've done so much work with families over the years and, and children, especially. I love the story of the age that all of this went down for you and what you chose at such a young age and how you went about it and how you, you, you married it, you committed to it. I mean, it's just exceptional. It's just exceptional. I'm so thrilled for you and everybody that gets to work with you. Everybody. I would imagine you love working with your clients. I have a sense. hundred <laughs> percent. Because I choose them. You know, I sure. Don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't advertise. I, I, I don't advertise yeah. anything I yeah. do is on inbound. And so yeah. I, I choose, I choose them and, and I want to yeah. stay undefeated. So of course I love it. <laughs> oh, I can relate to that, honey. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. All right, my dear. Are there any final thoughts you feel inspired to share with us, you know, about performance perspective and and all the goodness that is you and that you're up to in the world before we wrap up here for today? You're thinking about something. There is Mm -hmm. something that you're thinking about. There's something that you want to do that scares you a little bit. There's something that excites you that you want to do, but you've put a list of things in front of that. Tell yourself, when I satisfy these things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing I want to do. And I want to tell you, 
re-examine those things. I want, you, I want you to start with your mindset and I want you to ask yourself, are there any limiting beliefs? Are there any things that are in your way, in your mind? Are you arguing for your limitations? Because if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. So let's get rid of those first. I'm going to ask you to think about the actions you could take. And if you have a list of actions that are too big to take, then you've got the wrong list. Break them down into smaller actions until there's an action that you can take and then take it, of course. Take the action is what I want you to do. I want you to make sure you take that action. I want you to continue to make sure that you're respecting your time more than you respect your money. I want you to make sure that your environment supports your goals. It's that important. You were put on this earth to do something and you're thinking about that something and everybody's something is different. But whatever that is, you want to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to get it done. And last but not least, in life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you design. So let me know if I can be helpful, but I want all of you to put something real special together. Design your life because if you don't, somebody else will design it for you. Yes. Yes. All of that. Yes. John. What a fabulous conversation. I just so appreciate you. I appreciate you being here with us today and for sharing yourself and your wisdom and your gifts and your energy so generously and so fabulously. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. All right, folks. And thank you all for being here with us too. I hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and empowers you to take a look at the connection between your perspective and your performance and to make the changes you feel inspired to make and reach out for the support that will support your highest. And of course, talking about perspective and performance is also the perfect time to talk about SIFA. SIFA stands for Creative Energy Field Activation. And if you have not yet gifted yourself a free SIFA experience, please head on over to superpowerexperts.com to learn more about it today. Until next time, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and use them to build a life and a world you love. Much love and many blessings to you. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.